Welcome back to another episode of Sundays with Jeff Miller. I'd like to start this show out again by thanking everyone who has taken the time to check me out uh, on Spotify, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Breaker, Google Podcast. I'm now on Instagram, Twitter, and Overcast. And we're spreading those hits out across all those podcast sites. And I thank you for doing that. I have some information that was sent to me by a few of my listeners. Uh, I have Ken out in North Carolina who said, Sounds great. Nice flow. 15 minutes is easy to listen to. Tim in Missouri, he said, That was great. Looking forward to hearing what the legend has to say about fantasy football. And then Carrie sent in Bravo Jeff for sharing your ordeal to help others. Those are some really nice comments. I appreciate that. Uh, and I appreciate any comments that you may have towards helping me improve the program and getting the information to you that you want to hear. Our last episode, somebody did move my cheese. Uh, I've had that happen to me in fantasy football, so we're going to talk about that briefly for a few minutes. Um, last year in my draft, uh, I, I ran into a situation where I drafted Andrew Luck and within a couple rounds, two or three rounds, uh, the, everybody started laughing at me. And it turns out he retired in the midi- middle of our draft. So I chose Ben Roethlisberger, who ended up with a season-ending injury. And then Cam Newton also was picked before that draft was over. So I rostered three quarterbacks and lost all three of them uh, during the season. So my cheese got moved. I had to move on. I ended up picking up Jameis Winston and Josh Allen. And I believe I even had Matt Stafford for a little while before he got hurt. So uh, if I picked you, your chance at finishing the season may be slim. So I'll be careful who I pick this year. I mean, I wouldn't want to jinx anybody like Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I'm starting to feel like maybe I'm a little bit like Madden, the Madden curse that everybody hears about. Uh, I don't believe it, but, you know... It happens to all of us. You have to be prepared to move on. So you have to continuously prepare, watch your waiver wires, and see what's happening. Around the NFL, we've had a few injuries already as preseason starts to take place. I don't know if this will affect how you feel or what you think about drafting these players. But as we do our next show today, as we go on and move on in this episode of Don't Mock Me, uh, we're going to talk about a few of these players. And Miles Sanders and Nick Chubb, Prominent top 20 picks uh, injured in in their preseason. They're sitting out for a while. And how is that going to affect, you know, their possible draft picks? And then also DeAndre Hopkins. So one of the things I'm going to tell you is that being prepared this year is going to be vital to anyone's success in fantasy football. And I highly recommend that you handcuff your first and second round running backs. Now, wide receivers... You don't necessarily have to do that because you don't really know where the productivity is going to come from. And generally, some of those players can be picked up as, you know, free agents off your waiver wire. But when it comes to running backs right now, if I'm if I'm seriously looking at Miles Sanders or Nick Chubb, then I'm going to be seriously taking a look at Boston Scott and Kareem Hunt. You have to roster them. You have to know when they're being picked, where they're being picked on average so that you can decide based on your actual pick in the in the draft, 
And sometimes you may have to move up 15, 20 picks and grab that player to make sure you roster them because I think it's going to be important this year that we do that, not just because of injuries, but because of the COVID scare and the possibility that some of these players may actually uh, sit down for a time period with illness or other such things that they have to be prepared for. I'll be back in a few minutes and we'll take a look at Don't Mock Me and how that affects our drafting preparedness. Yay! I would like to thank Anchor for sponsoring this episode of Sundays with Jeff Miller. Welcome back. It's time to take a look at Don't Mock Me. And this is a 10-round PPR draft that was conducted by ESPN. And this is a uh, exciting time of the year. So we're going to look at the first few rounds really closely give you some suggestions as to what we think you could or could not do and what we possibly feel is, you know, some questionable moves at best uh, in the draft order that we're looking at. I'm going to get started with round one. In round one of this draft, there were eight running backs picked and two wide receivers. There's no real surprise there. Uh, The number one pick was Christian McCaffrey. Number two was Saquon Barkley. Number three was Ezekiel Elliott. Number four was Delvin Cook. Number five was Alvin Kamara. Number six was Michael Thomas. Number seven was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who happens to be the first rookie off the board at number seven. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins at number eight. Derrick Henry at number nine. And Miles Sanders at number ten. Taking a quick look at those draft picks, in my own personal opinion and some of the research I've done, um, I do question some of these moves, but however, I also feel that I understand why some people like to get on that running back uh, early. They are far and few between, so eight out of the first 10 picks, running backs, uh, Saquon Barkley, number two, Ezekiel Elliott, number three, and again, Christian McCaffrey, number one, no questions there. Uh, those players are very, very productive for their teams. No coaches changes to speak about there. So we're looking at the criteria that we talked about the other day. Uh, you know, score more points than the other team. That's the object in fantasy football. Those three guys will get you off to a really good start. Uh, number four and number five, Delvin Cook, Alvin Kamara. Kind of two players right there that had injuries last year. Their productivity was really good. Delvin Cook up to the point where he was injured. I personally am not a Delvin Cook fan because I don't like guys that are not able to show me consistent productivity year in and year out. Delvin Cook has been injured both years uh, that he's been prominent in the Minnesota Vikings offense. Not real crazy. If a guy can only play 12 games and he's not going to be there for me in the playoffs, I'm really hoping that he's not one of my first-round picks. Alvin Kamara last year, same thing, missed a couple games. Uh, His productivity dipped for him. He did average 17.8 points per game. That ranks him tied for 13th overall, but he's being picked here as the fifth pick. Not real crazy about that, but I understand, again, why people do that. I personally like to know exactly where the rankings are for my league the previous year. Who was ranked number one in average points per game right on down to, you know, the 100 range. And I do a lot of my thinking and planning and draft strategy based on those numbers because I know that I can look at the productivity of these players not only for that year, 
the year before, um, how long, how familiar they are with that particular offense. I think those are important things to know. So I'm going to continue to tell you to prepare when you're making those picks, know those players that you're looking at. And I'll show you a few other examples as we proceed further down the line. The number one wide receiver, Michael Thomas last year averaged 23.4 points per game. The only player that averaged more than him was Christian McCaffrey, and he came in at 29.4 points. And when I'm talking about that, I'm talking non-quarterback positions at this time. So 23.4 points, he falls to number six. Not in my book. I'm going to take Michael Thomas. If he's there in round uh, as the second pick, third pick, fourth pick, I am all over Michael Thomas. He was probably one of the most consistent players other than Christian McCaffrey week in and week out. His low and high are very close together. And let's face it, Drew Brees is going to continue to throw the ball to Michael Thomas. This player does not drop the football. Uh, number seven, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the first rookie. You're really going to have to be looking at him. Rookies tend to do pretty good sometimes and tend to do pretty fair sometimes. Um, and one of the things that you tend to run into with rookies is that they're not used to that 16-game grind. And when you start heading into your playoffs in fantasy, sometimes they lose a little juice and they can't play the full game. They sometimes start out really well. They tend to level off a little bit. If you're willing to take that risk, probably one of the best risks you could take in years. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, definitely going to get the ball handed to him. We know that Kansas City offense loves their running backs. It's a risk, but you're always taking risks. Uh, that one there is one that I would be willing to take at number seven. Hopkins follows him, number two wide receiver off the board at, at, at number eight, and I just don't understand this pick at all. I know that he averaged 18.1 points last year. He's not in Houston anymore, Dorothy. He is now in Arizona. He's going to be playing with a quarterback, uh, Murray, who is you know coming in for his sophomore year. He should improve. However, we really don't know what that relationship's going to be. And again, you know things are a little different this year. We're not going to have preseason. I think those connections that players and quarterbacks and wide receivers and coaches all have. Very important, so you have to plan that out. I would recommend pushing him a little further down uh, the line and not taking him at number eight. Derrick Henry, 19.8 points coming in at number nine. He was ranked fifth. I see nothing wrong with that pick. If you can get him in the bottom half of your draft, I would pick him up. He's going to get the ball. He's going to run, and he is going to score touchdowns. Miles Sanders comes in right at the end of that round. He is 10th. He averaged 13.7 points per game last year. His rank was 57th, and he's being taken as the 10th pick. If I'm going to risk him, I'm going to I'm going to take the better risk, and I'm going to go with the rookie Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, I like Miles Sanders. I like what he did in Philadelphia, but I'm going to push him further back in the draft. I'm looking more at him along, you know, the bottom 20. Uh, personally, right there at 10, I'm looking at Eckler. Uh, 19.4 points per game, ranked eighth last year. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at him. I am all over him. Uh, another one, Aaron Jones, 19.8 points per game, ranked fourth last year. Why are you passing these players up? I mean, I know Eckler, he Gordon's gone. All of his productivity is gone. 
Eckler, even if he has less catches, which 75% of his stats came from catches last year, he's going to run the ball more. So let's say he drops 10 or 15%. Fine, he's going to increase 10 or 15% in the running game. I don't understand the negativity. Eckler is in a prime position. He is going to be a top five running back, in my opinion. I would jump all over him if he's sitting at number 10, and he would be on my team. And Aaron Jones is another one. I know they picked up another running back in the draft this year. Again, he is not going to take touches away from the, the other. They're not going to take touches away from him. He can catch the ball. He can run the ball. If he gets more snap percentage, a higher snap percentage in that offense, which he's earned, I think he's going to be very productive. Another guy that I'm not letting fall outside of the top 10. And if those guys are there when I'm picking in, say, the 15 through 20 range or 11 through 20 range, number two running back, I would love to have them both on my team. Going to take a look at round two. Round two changed a little bit. We're now at 13 running backs, seven wide receivers. So uh, five and five, pretty much a split right down the middle in that round. Uh, Joe Mixon, for me, uh, number 15 is a big question mark. And also, uh, I looked at no, Tyreek Hill at number 19. Another question mark for myself. Uh, you got Devontae Adam, Adams coming off at 11. Julio Jones, number 12. Aaron Jones at 13. Austin Eckler, 14. Joe Mixon, 15. Kenyon Drake, 16. Nick Chubb, 17. Chris Godwin. Number 18, the number two wide receiver last year in the league coming off the board. He averaged 19.7 points per game, uh, and he's falling to number 18, another player that I'm not going to let fall that far. He is going to be productive. Tom Brady's the new quarterback. I understand it doesn't meet the first test that we talk about, you know, but these two guys have been practicing together, together all winter, if you want to say it, or all summer, I should say. And they have a really good connection. And Tom Brady, in case you don't remember, Julian Edelman, yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that. Chris Godwin will get the ball thrown to him. Tom Brady is not known for throwing the deep ball right now. He will be the number one receiver in that offense, and that offense will score points. Tyreek Hill at 19, Mike Evans at number 20. Talking about Joe Mixon there, I really believe the there are better picks. And, and I said... Godwin. Uh, I also think that Mike Evans is a better pick there, and I would look at either one of those guys in that number 15 position before I would take him. Uh, Tyreek Hill at number 19, 15.7 points per game. Probably where he should be. Um, I'm not really sure. His, his productivity, another thing for me is I've had him on my team, uh, and I've traded him. He can be he can be really high or he can be really low, and so I'm not really crazy about some of the produ productivity from him. Round three, we're up to 16 running backs, uh, 12 right wide receivers, and two tight ends. I guess the part that surprises me by this point in the draft, um, as we look at the players coming off the board there. No triplets are taken, so that means nobody started this draft running back, running back, running back, or wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. That's kind of unusual. We get our two, first two tight ends. Of course, it's it's Kelsey and it's Kittle at 22 and 23. Again, probably where they should be if you're looking at points per game and you don't want to jump up. Um, although I know they're the highest producing tight ends, 
that's where I would look at a tight end. I think when you hit the third round at the beginning, you're fine going for them, especially with 16 points a game coming from both of those players. Uh, but the picks in that round I'm not crazy about. It was Adam Thielen, uh, Juju Schuster, and then Le'Veon Bell. You've got Thielen coming off the board at 27. His rank last year was number 84th in the league at 11.4 points per game. Juju Smith-Schuster was injured, didn't even hit the top 100 ranking. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, 14.4 points per game. He's ranked number 46 last year, and here he is being picked in this 29th position. So unless you're really desperate for a running back in that situation, um, I would avoid that, that type of a scenario. But um, the other two, I just think there's still better receivers out there that you can pick up. So if it's me in round three, I'm looking at some of those picks. I'm going to say that besides those three, you could pick any quarterback in the top five. Amari Cooper, uh, ranked and who comes off the board as the first pick in the next round at number 31. I would gladly take him and his production, especially with Dak Prescott, uh, before I would take those other two receivers. Uh, Cooper Cup and also uh, his 16 points per game last year. His rank was 16th. He came in at 16.9 points, being dropped down in the draft there. I would take him too. I don't understand some of the people's logic when it comes to that, but that's what I'm looking at when I'm trying to score more points. I'm looking at average points per game, what the productivity, consistency, coaches, and everything. A running back there that I would have took and set a bell, Mark Ingram. How can you not take the guy who scored 16.3 points per game, came in at number 17th, I think that's just a great pick, a great great opportunity there. He is going to be productive, especially out of the gate. And then if you need to, you just trade him. Just trade him. Let him go. If you're not a big, huge Mark Ingram fan, but this guy falling into the 60s, again, something that makes no sense to me. Round four, we're going to welcome the quarterbacks to the party finally. We get the first two quarterbacks off the board. Uh, Patrick Mahomes comes off the board at 36, Lamar Jackson at 37. That will not happen in either of the leagues that I play in. Those guys will definitely be first and or second round picks. Uh, so for them to fall at number four, I'm a little surprised. Their productivity is too good to pass up. Also in round four, we had Leonard Fournette and um, come off the board at number 33, and we also had David Johnson at 38 and James Conner at 35. Again, I think in that particular round, um, that's probably where those guys should come off the board. They're all kind of risky due to injuries, uh, poor performance or whatnot. But if you're, again, you're looking at an RB2, RB3 situation, don't really have a problem with that. But again, there are players further down that you could have got, like Robert Woods, Kelvin Ridley, that I would have took before those players, and I would have stockpiled wide receivers because you can really load your team up if you get that first and second round back out of the way early. Cooper Cup fell to round five, and like I said just a few minutes ago, that's somebody that I'm going to target. I really am happy with his performance. Uh, Lockett, another one that plays with Russell Wilson, also going off the board a little later, and I would target him also. So there's four guys right there that you could push up in the draft, Ridley, Woods, Cup, and Lockett. My opinion, 
Those are the difference makers in your league. They're, go, they're going off the board late, and they average between 14.7 points and 16.9 points uh, per game. Further down the draft, round six, we're looking at uh, Marvin Jones and Devontae Parker, Michael Gallup. These guys coming in at uh, 59, 76, and 67. Marvin Jones played 90% of the snaps for his team last year. Kevin Galladay, 87%. He's coming off the board early in the late in the second round, early in the third. Marvin Jones, 14.9 points per game. He was ranked number 38th last year, falling to the sixth round. Parker, same situation, being drafted at number 59, 15.4 points per game, 84% snap rate. And he ranked 32nd. He's falling to 59. Michael Gallup, number 67. He was ranked 35th with 15.2 points per game, 76% snap rate. So again, I ask you, why are you allowing these players to fall as far as you are? If you're in my league, I'm not going to let that happen. You might get a couple of them, but I'm going to be snatching those guys up in round four and round five before they ever fall to four to round six. They're, they're just worth picking. And hey, back to the Mark Ingram thing. If you pick him, grab J.K. Dobbins as a backup. He's falling out in the 77th average is where he's falling. Pick him up, grab him, stash him away. You can use him. Um, round seven, Deshaun Watson goes off the board at QB3. I am not in favor of Deshaun Watson this year. He is not going to be on a roster that I own. There is no way. There is too many changes. You get rid of your number one wide receiver. Uh, David Johnson's a good receiver, but he's not going to be as good as DeAndre Hopkins was in that offense. That relationship's gone. I kind of feel sorry for him. It's almost like his coach is tanking on him. Uh, round eight, QB four, five, and six come off the board. That would be Murray, Prescott, and Wilson. Um, last year, Murray was ranked number 15 at quarterback. Prescott, number four. Wilson, number seven. And you have other quarterbacks falling in round nine. Uh, Josh Allen is a QB seven. Not for me. Not going to be a Josh Allen fan this year. I just don't think he throws the football accurate enough. I'm not crazy about that. And so I will stay away from him. Um, you have three guys I'm going to give you right now. They're oldies but goodies. To round 12, round 13, and round 14. Matt Ryan averaged 22.6 points last year. Tom Brady is uh, was a QB 9 last year, and Drew Brees was a QB 10 um, this year pick, round 14. Last year, he was ranked number 5, 25.7 points per game, 25.7 points. If I can get that kind of productivity in the 14th round and 12th round, I don't need to pick a quarterback up early in the draft. That's the way I'm going to look at it. I'll be back with a little bit more information for you and wrap this episode of Sundays with Jeff Miller up in just a moment. Yay! All right, so here we go. We're going to wrap this up today. Uh, Sundays with Jeff Miller. I'm going to give you a list. Get your pen and paper out. This is something that I'm not going to share with too many people, and I'm not going to repeat it. So deep sleepers. Here we go. Deep sleepers for your draft to be successful. One of my favorite deep sleepers this year is Kendrick Bourne, San Francisco 49ers. Last year he performed. 
it, it, with 30 catches, 358 yards, he averaged 11.9 yards per catch. He had five TDs the previous year, 2018, 42 catches, 487 yards, 11.6 yards per catch, four TDs. This year, with everything that's going on in San Francisco, with the injuries, with Debo Samuel being injured, Kendrick Bourne, I think he's going to end up the number two guy there by the end of the season. I think you're easily looking at someone who's going to put up between 800 and 900 yards, probably grab six to seven touchdowns, if not eight. And I think he can help you be successful on those bye weeks. Grab him, stash him. You can probably get him in the 13th, 14th, 15th round if that's how deep your league's drafting. Another one that's moved way up the charts. You do hear this name a little bit more. Uh, Alan Lazard, Green Bay Packers. 2019, he had 35 catches, 477 yards, 13.6 yards per carry, three TDs. He's the number two guy in Green Bay. Um, I think him and Jay Sternberger, the tight end, could possibly be really good deep sleepers for you. Take a look at him. Again, you can get Alan Lazard around the 150, 50th pick. He probably will move up the boards. I look for him to go in the top 100 before the season gets underway. But take a look at him in the tight end position. Uh, Ian Thomas, tight end for Carolina, is my real fantasy deep sleeper pick for tight ends. And I know how much my son loves the fact that I always managed to come up with a productive tight end. Last year, it was Will Disley from Seattle and Jacob Hollister. It just gets him going when I grab these guys and they produce for me. Ian Thomas, tight end, Carolina. Final six games last year, averaged 12.2 points per game. And in that offense with the new coach, he will be catching the football. Greg Olson is also a, a deep sleeper as far as I'm concerned. He's moving over to Seattle to play for the Seahawks. And I just mentioned Jacob Hollister, Will Disley. Those two players combined for 64 catches last year, 611 yards, 7 TDs. And Greg Olson is an established receiver. Russell Wilson will throw the football to his tight end. It's a matter of which one. Hollister is uh, still injured, I believe. Disley's coming back. You're going to have Disley and Olsen. They're going to play a prominent part in that offense. And I think Seattle's going to be throwing the football around the field this year. Those two guys right there, deep sleepers, take a look at them. And my last one, real deep, Antonio Gandy-Golden for Washington. We know, we do all know what happened last year in that offense in Washington, right? So we have a, you had a really good receiver, a fresh a rookie receiver coming out of the draft that everybody was looking at, picked, and uh, Lauren. And I think this year, Antonio Gandy-Golden is going to do the same thing in Washington. He's six foot four, 223 pounds. He's a rookie. He's going to start out slow, but once he catches on, he's going to be a great end zone threat, and Haskins can throw the ball deep. He likes guys that can go out there and get it. Grab him. He's going to help your team. There you go. You got it from me right here. Six, seven players that can help your fantasy team. Not everybody's going to know about it. Not everybody's going to pick them up, but you can because you're listening to Sundays with Jeff Miller, and you're getting the extra play and stats that you need to make that decision when everybody else is sitting around there not prepared and not ready to look that deep. 
make sure you take a look at your draft. Come up with your strategy. Remember, score more points. Score more points. Next episode that you'll hear from me is, you still mocking me? Of course I am. I'm going to pick on, on Mike Taglier. We're going to take a look at that 12-round draft. We're going to look at it a little different. I'm going to take a look at the top three players selected for each team in that draft. We're going to rank them, and we're going to see exactly where they fall. Thanks again for listening. Remember, play nice and love your neighbor. Bye.